Live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts, welcome to the Spare Notes series with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and William Cooper. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Spare Notes series. We're finally back. We are finally, finally back. Um, it has been quite a while. I know a lot of people were asking uh, where we were at, but uh, we're here. It's it's been, uh, it's been a long several weeks, and there's been a lot of reasons that we've been a little extended on our on our um, hiatus, I guess, uh, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit, but you know, it's, uh, it's good to be back. You know, we're finally all set up. I'm in my new studio now. I don't know. It's around here. I don't have my Drew Estate backdrop because um, I got it misplaced somewhere when I moved. So my, not everything has been discovered yet. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> sorry about that. Um, I don't know what happened, so I'm still trying to find that. It's 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 in a bin somewhere, so just just ignore that for now. To Drew Estate, I'm sorry. It, I'm moving. I spoke to Tom yesterday. I, he knows the kind of hell that I've been in, so um, <laughs> it's been a lot. Um, but anyway, we're here, and I'm with Kevin and Mitchell, actually. So it's, it's a smoking tobacco team night, which is awesome. Um, Coop's not here because he's down in Tampa driving Jose Blanco around. Um you know, being a chauffeur, chauffeur, um, which is always kind of cool. But it's nice because we had some serious technical issues on our Wednesday night show, which was our Cigar of the Year show, which I apologize for. Unfortunately, it, it, it the production side of it did not go the way I wanted it to. Um, but, you know, I, I, I did the best I could, and I'm still not happy with it. But I feel like the redeeming factor is I have... My team here tonight with me without Coop, not that I wouldn't want Coop here, but uh, we can maybe continue some of that conversation in depth tonight on the show, as well as several other things that have just come up. But um, boys, it's good to see you. Thanks for being here. How's everybody doing? Doing good, man. You know, no offense, but, you know, I would almost rather switch places with Coop and be in Florida driving the professor around than out here in like ice cold Las Vegas. Who wouldn't? You know what I mean? Who wouldn't want to be Coop right now? Definitely. Dude, no, dude it's, to uh, it up. it's also freezing cold here. Um, and here. Let me see. It's been. Yeah, but you live 10, in Canada. You live in Canada. Yeah. So, like, if it Total doesn't cold. hit zero, that's like normal for here. If it's like. Well, so. In the, the, if it's the in thing the 20s is, is Vancouver's, here. Vancouver's, Vancouver's a warm part of Canada. Like, usually. For Celsius, we don't go below zero that often, and it got to minus 12 Celsius, which is about 10 degrees Fahrenheit. That's very cold. Freedom, yeah. Freedom. Uh, that's very cold. Uh, what, what is it What is it out in Vegas right now? Um, it is in the 30s. It's going to drop into the 20s tonight, which, you know, for here, that's like, you know, that's equivalent to like, I don't know, 40 degrees below zero anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, in the great state of New Hampshire, where I am, it's 35, so I'm right there around where Kevin is. Um, I also live in a state now that touches Canada, which is an interesting fact. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, New Hampshire touches Canada. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, I live nowhere near there. That's still like several hours away, but I live in a state that touches Canada. It touches touches, uh, Quebec. Yeah, or... As I'm told, it's pronounced Québécois. Well, Québécois so guys... is what French people speak. Yeah. 
So you guys both live in states that that basically frequently have like non life sustaining temperatures. Yeah, my state's a lot more Definitely. free than his state, though. Definitely. Well, no argument. The lack of freedom here is. Uh, you have no freedom. Coursing through. We have. Veins. We we have we have live free or die. That's what we have. <laughs> <laughs> That's our state motto. We're the granite state, the live free or die state. So proud. Hey, to be Vegas here. is battleborn, baby. That's true. Vegas is, you know, Nevada. You know, Nevada's another, Nevada, you know. Nevada, yeah, Nevada's battleborn. Yeah, the silver state. Mm-hmm. I live in the granite state. You live in the silver state. So I came from the bay state. Ooh, Cape Cod. So <laughs> I'm so over that. <laughs> Fucking Cape Cod. I was never a Cape Cod guy anyway, but that's like, oh, that's Jesus, the Cape. Like, ooh, I could care less. <laughs> we have Hampton Beach. It's good enough. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yeah, so I'm in my new studio. Um, you guys probably, it doesn't really look any different to you because it all looks the same this way. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not in a garage studio anymore. I'm in a finished room studio. Is now. it warmer? Oh, it's, it's warm. It's, way, ventilation it's good? way better ventilated. I also have to, you know, take a moment to um, to thank Mitchell for this because um, Mitchell's actually so Mitchell actually we had this conversation before I, I even moved in and he said, oh, I looked into this and he recommended the fan system that I actually went and bought and put in here for my ventilation. So I got I, I have to give credit where it's due and I have to say thanks to Mitchell because. Uh, he gave me the recommendation on, on a specific system, and I, that's the one I went with, and I, I, I bought three of them. So I got three of those up in the ceiling here, and they suck all my smoke out, and uh, it, it fucking works great, too. Um, you know, I got no, no leakage. Um, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's not smoky in here. I mean, Nicole and I were in here together last night, smoking together, watching documentary. I mean, blowing smoke. Nah, nothing. It was nice. Nothing in the house. That's no, awesome. Not even in there. It wasn't even cloudy in here. It was fucking nice. And I didn't even have them cranked up all the way. And it's yeah. just, it's nice. Well, so. me and Kevin, maybe we'll uh, we'll fly over and uh, come join you guys. You should. You should. We got plenty of space. Um, it'll be great. In July, in July when it's warm. Yeah, when it's, you don't come here now. No. You know, it'll feel like, Mitchell, for you, it'll feel like home. Kevin, it'll feel it's like you're going there. to see Mitchell. <laughs> So, um, but no, I'm, I'm excited. It's, uh, it, it's, it's great to be back. I know people were asking us, you know, what, what's going on with spare notes and, um, you know, with the holidays and I was moving and getting all settled in and then we get to the new year and then Mitchell's schedule drastically changed. And, um, you know, not that he's always on this show anyway, but, you know, just still, and then Coop takes time off. Um, at the end of the year, like in December and January, um, to do his Cigar of the Year stuff and just to take a break. So, you know, Coop wasn't really around. So um, everyone's just kind of doing something different. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're back now, and it's good to be here. And we have plenty of things to talk about. Don't worry. Um, it's, uh, lists upon lists. Yeah, I mean, mo- most of it will probably be on the list, but I'm sure there will be other things filtered in there. But for those of you who have been keeping tabs and following along um, on our regular bro- programming on Wednesday nights on the Smoke and Tobacco Show. Um, we went through our, co- our top... T- Whew, sorry. Our top 25 countdown uh, and crowned our 2023 Cigar of the Year winner, 
which for those of you who, let me see if I can do this. There it is. Oh, I think they're all gone now. Damn. Uh, oh, that's too bad. Why aren't they still yeah, we had some We had some photos from, from, that, uh, from that night, right? Yeah, I'm looking for the photo tray. I thought it was all still in here. I mean, I can go here manually, but I'm going to bring it up on the screen. So our cigar of the year for 2023 is the Davidoff Anniversario Number 1. This was a limited edition re-release that came out earlier this year. Um, 10 count box. This particular one also came with the wooden tube um, for carrying the cigars in. Um, this obviously, you know, coming from the Anniversario blend, which is a blend that I'm sure most, if not all, you know, pretty serious or regular cigar smokers know, even the casual cigar smoker has probably come across the Anniversario legendary blend from, Absolutely. from Davidoff. You know, it, it was, it was hard to put the list together. Uh, and, you know, and the boys are going to chime in here in a sec, but, um, and, and they'll tell you that as well, but. Uh, this cigar was one of those cigars where you know it, it was it was hard. I mean, Kevin, you and I talked a lot about this particular cigar too. I mean, it was it, this cigar was just it's it just fired on every cylinder. It was fantastic. Our number two cigar of the year was uh, the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos Eye of the Bull, which is a seriously great cigar. Um, those two were tough, but ultimately this is the one that that took the cake and. Um, I have to say, I, I was really excited, and um, I was surprised that Coop didn't give me shit for this cigar. I don't know why. I was like, I don't know. Coop might give me a hard time on this one. And he was like, no, no. I mean, you guys, I knew you guys were big on that. And um, he's like, no, good, good, good list. So, um, you know, which I was, I was waiting for the, well, but no, I didn't get it. So, um, but Kevin, you've also, I know you've smoked a bunch of these as well. Um, I mean, this, and you, unfortunately, I couldn't. I couldn't get you on the broadcast for whatever reason the other night. It was, we were having a, some serious connectivity issues, but, um, you know, now that we're here, you know, I, you know, let yeah, you, you chime in. You kicked your boy to the curb. <clears throat> I didn't kick anybody to the curb. The problem was, is I was feeling <laughs> under the gun. I was being pulled in multiple different directions. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't know about. So you know, just, just so everyone knows, let me set the record straight. There was a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't know about. And it just, man, I was up against the wall, and I'm like, I got I to gotta make this fucking show happen. I don't know what I'm going to do. So, but I knew that this show was coming, so this is the um, this is the time, you know. I, Kevin, I like I said, I know you've smoked this cigar quite uh, quite a lot, so um, I'm going to let you chime in on, on, on the winner here because uh, I know you didn't really get to on Wednesday night. I appreciate it. I mean... I've always been a big fan of the anniversary number one from Davidoff. And the first time that I lit one of these, I was blown away by it. It, it was, it was hard for me to give, I guess, props and a cigar of the year nomination to technically what is a line extension. But in my opinion, this version of the cigar is so much better and leaps and bounds better than any of the other versions of that cigar that it was a no-brainer. You know, it's no secret. It's no secret. I mean, I'm a big Davidoff fan to begin with. Um, right. You know, I went through a went through a, a health battle a few years ago, and and uh, you know, when I got diagnosed cancer-free, you know, the the Davidoff Royal release was our celebratory cigar, and 
damn, these are literally like right there with that cigar as far as you know quality and performance. I mean, it's just outstanding. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. I'll, I'll kind of piggyback onto what you said last. Oh, sorry. Uh, last night, just by chance, I happened to be in the mood um, for an anniversary number three, which I have a box of. Um, and I said, oh, you know, I'm going to smoke one of these just, just because I was just in the mood for it. And I was sitting there smoking it, and I started thinking, I'm like, oh, yeah, Anniversario. And that cigar was fantastic. I mean, the number three, I mean, that's a cigar that's, I would say, arguably, in the Anniversario, that's probably the, probably the most popular size. It's a mm-hmm. classic. Um it fired on all sides. I mean, it was perfect. There was nothing like there was nothing negative you yeah. could say about it. I mean, like, I, and I would try to. And I think most people know I would. You just can't. Um, it was everything I wanted. It was everything I expected, and I burned it all the way down to the end. None of it was wasted. Flawless. Well, my thing with the 2023 limited edition. I mean, you know, I'm not one. I mean, people that know me, you know, you you know me well. I'm not yeah. big on big cigars i mean it's not a really large ring gauge but it's just i mean it's a beast i mean it's it's a it's a two and a half hour two and three quarter hour maybe even a three hour cigar i think the last one i smoked was just i'd be getting three plus hours hours. yeah mitchell's a slower smoker and every puff i mean it just it develops all the way through it doesn't really transition a whole ton you know there's there's a lot of similar flavor in it but the flavor in it from start to finish is rock solid it's good flavor delivery it is amazing performance no touch-ups i mean to to be able to sit and smoke a cigar for almost three hours and not have to set fire to it as a touch-up at all i mean that says a lot about the quality of cigar to begin with and then when you have solid flavor delivery through i mean if you if you're not a fan of like what we'll say like the classic davidoff tobacco you may not like this cigar but and you know it's a huge point that you brought up is is that um con- consistent through the entire thing like i think sometimes like people are like oh i'm looking for those transitions like this that and like sometimes like those transitions don't really all work together that well and they don't actually add to the cigar but when a cigar is consistent and like through the entire thing, like first, second, third, I find that's almost harder to find, like like consistent but still really complex and full flavored the whole time. That that always blows me away. I find, um, I find a similar experience in like the the Adabe personally is like the consistency mm-hmm. of the entire smoke, but from start to finish, you're like, wow, that was every puff is so similar, but like the nuances are there and. Um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to smoke that Davidoff yet, but um, but yeah, it's uh, I've heard amazing things. Yeah, the complexity is up there, and you know, for me, I typically will get bored if a cigar is one dimensional, doesn't really transition from one to the other, unless the flavors, are, you know, there's a good flavor hook. It really kind of grabs my palate, grabs my attention, and it's just you just want more and more and more and more, which this cigar does. You, know, you smoke it down literally to the cap to where you're burning your fingers and you're still not done with it after almost three hours. That's a award-winning cigar for sure. For sure. 
What about number two? My only complaint with number two is is that it was just small. I mean, I still got an hour out of it for a four inch long cigar, which a lot of people were calling bullshit on because they were saying, you know, there's absolutely no way you're going to get an hour out of a four inch long Don Carlos. But I did. It's a, it's a slow burner. So you know, when people say things like that, it, um, even for me, it's a it's always an interesting point because. What I find is my first half of the cigar, I actually smoke much faster than the second half because I take the conscious effort almost to make smaller, more, I wouldn't say necessarily more meaningful puffs, but like because the, 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 the ash is so much close to your mouth and you can feel that heat so much more, you don't need to puff on it super hard. You don't need to be taking these two, three, four puffers, these big, long, you know, drags on it just Mm -hmm. a little bit and you get the whole ember lit up and you get the full flavor and it and like you said if it's got well aged well fermented good tobacco in there it will burn slowly and you'll but it will stay combustible and obviously that was the case with the uh the don carlos yeah and it doesn't get if you take your time with it it doesn't get hot and i exactly and i definitely feel if you get a cigar too hot it definitely changes how it smokes it changes the flavor it typically will make it harsh and bitter with this one i mean it's my understanding and correct me if i'm wrong but this is the same blend as the other don carlos it's just a different shape made special size for the eye of the bull with that being said i had the ability to taste the wrapper leaf more in this size in the, the eye of the bull size than any of the other ones, even the smaller ring gauge, which was unique. So I don't know what it was about that size that allowed that, but it definitely gave the wrapper experience if you have the ability, you know, with your palate to taste that. I felt like on the eye of the bull, it's not the thinnest ring gauge of that cigar that I've ever smoked. Um, cause I have smoked the, the phantoms, the Lancero iterations where obviously you can really taste the wrapper, but I found, I mean, the Don Carlos blend is probably perhaps one of my favorite blends, um, out of everything that Arturo Fuente makes the number same. twos, um, the presidentes. I mean, a lot, multiple sizes. I mean, I love them. So I've smoked a lot of them, many different sizes over the years, and you can taste that Cameroon. But it just I felt that even for something that's not the thinnest ring gauge, I I I felt like you know you could taste a lot of that wrapper very very clearly on mm-hmm. the on the eye of the bull, and it was nice. It was really nice. If I really liked it that way, because um, I really like that authentic Cameroon wrapper. That's on the that cigar and to, to really let it, you know, stand out and shine. I thought was great. So I liked how small it was because it's it's a it's fun to ha- it's nice to have a fun little size like that. But you know, it performed well. It performed it performed better than some of the other Don Carloses that are already out there that are obviously you know in more supply. Um, and the Cameroon tobacco really shined in that blend. I mean. There's a there's a lot of things I can say about it. Um, seriously, I mean, it, it was a it was a serious contender for number one as well. I mean, like I said, the one and two. I mean, it was we were back and forth. I mean, that one was just just as good. I mean, so it it, it earned its spot easily 
at the, at the top of that list. Um, so, I mean, very exciting for those two alone. Then you get to number three, which I'm actually smoking tonight, and that was the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Mike Rita Black, the Papasaka, um, the smaller size in the Mike Rita Black. We saw the Saka Khan last year. This year we, we saw this. This is a cigar, and boys, I know you guys know this. You've, you've both smoked it. This was a cigar everyone also kept talking about going into the end of the year list season. You know, like, oh, Papa Saga, oh, that's it's going to do good. It's going to do good. Um, and I think Dojo gave it number one on their on their main yep. list. They did. I don't think anyone else gave it number one yet, but I know it's been on almost every other list I've looked at. And it's been there towards, was another been list the that I saw that somebody had it as number one, and I can't remember. It wasn't the. It wasn't like a big name, mainstream cigar media list, but somebody did have it as their number one, mm-hmm. which surprises me because with all the chatter and everything that happened on a cigar, I was actually surprised that there weren't more people that had it uh, as number one. I mean, a lot of people had it in their top five. Yeah. Yeah, and Absolutely. and deserving so. I mean, that was an outstanding cigar. Yeah, I mean, this this, this cigar has look and Kevin. This is this might be a good time to, to pause and go on a slight tangent because we didn't really get to have this discussion on the Wednesday night show. Part about part of the thing about doing this list and and as a team internally, we we talked a lot about this for a lot of the year as more and more stuff was coming out. This was a year that had a lot of cigars with a lot of hype you know that were coming out then they came out and then they did not live up to the hype that we all kept hearing about talking about it was like hmm i mean it's not bad but yeah it was it was definitely weird cuz typically when you have the hype cigars they live up to the hype now, then you're having you're having you know the, where the three of us are in a, in a in a meeting and we're th- throwing punches to try and pick because all three of us want one of the you know we all three have a different number one so how do you pick? It wasn't quite as difficult this year because like you said, there was some of the cigars that typically would be up on that list that just wow really yeah what happened. So there were cigars that still made the list, but not as high as they probably, I think that people thought that maybe they would be. Um, there were cigars that did not make the list that I think people thought were going to be on the list or at the top of the list just because they weren't good enough at all. Uh, but whatever the case may be, there was a lot of them. Now, the reason why I bring this up now is to kind of like bring it all back full circle is the Papa Saka, again, and as most people probably already know this, I don't need to tell you, but for the sake of the conversation, that's a cigar that had a lot of hype. Everyone knew it was coming. Everyone was like, oh, there's a new Mikay Rita Black this year. Oh, it's Saka. Oh, it's going to be number one. It's going to be great. Everyone's, it's going to win the consensus, which it probably still can. Um, and, you know, while it didn't, so far from what I've seen, hasn't won more number ones, and not every list is done yet. So, you know, that that doesn't mean anything at at, at at this time in Saturday, January thirteenth, uh, for those who are you know listening to us later on, at 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 this moment in time, you know that it's not all said and done. Having said that, 
it has still on what is out it has still performed and it has lived up to the hype now again i feel like that's not a surprise with steve saka and you know everything he does and the cigars he makes the blends he works on it's kind of the same story every year i mean it's it, i don't really have to tell anybody that was not a surprise i think for a lot of people when no it, the was, it wasn't it wasn't at all i mean even 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 at number three top three i mean yeah that's not a surprise um moving, i think that's kind of what hurt soccer con a little bit last year is it came out so late that yeah. there was some list that it wasn't eligible for and then coming in this year when you had papa soccer come out in the time frame that it was eligible for most lists it was actually better than the other so the other one kind of fell by the wayside not to take anything away from SakaCon, is that is a freaking excellent cigar too yeah understandably yep, so sure. now and i believe that uh the SakaCon won the half wheel consensus um i'm pretty sure i got a couple of thought it got a couple and i can't remember who but there's a lot of lists out there but i thought it got a couple of number ones out there but it was mostly like a top five top 10 cigar um seeing the same i had many many conversations with coop about that cigar where the concern there was it was reviewed by several media outlets before it was ever released to the public so i remember that too that was another situation well that was and, and that just that plays into the thing of I mentioned earlier about it being released late in the year. It just made it difficult for it to make lists, and it was a freaking outstanding cigar. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, th- and th- there was a there was a couple of those cigars at the, the end of last year too, where that was a discussion that was had on this show and and I think others. But um, but yeah, but it's still that one that one performed well and it was popular. This one followed up real nicely. About just the same. I think no one was surprised to see that where it was. At number four on the list, we had the Ferriotego Suma, which came out this year. It's the first core line Ferriotego branded cigar from Ferriotego. You know, that's outside of the Timeless and Metropolitan Legacy brand core line stuff. Uh, because the only other two Ferriotego cigars are the Generoso and the Elegancia, which are annual limited releases this is a solid core line under that Ferriotego name um so it kind of came out i don't want to say as a surprise but i think i think it caught a lot of people like oh there's a oh new Ferriotego and um you know we saw that you know in the middle of the year it came out uh kevin i know you went to a Ferriotego event um you know with michael and, and smoked this and um you fell in love with it right away and as i said before my first one not so much, and but I take it with a grain of salt because I believe that one was a show sample. So uh, I took the mulligan on that one, and I, I smoked more of them. And as the more I smoked them, you know, the more I realized, yeah, that was just an anomaly. Um, these were great, and they really stood out very well. And I, I think that I'm surprised I didn't hear more people talking about that cigar, um, at least in my circles. I. I feel like that was a cigar that I, I wasn't really hearing named mentioned. And then we, you know, we get to the end of the year, we, we're looking at the list and stuff. And now that our list is out, I've, I've looked at other lists. And I mean, at number four on our list, I mean, that, that, that says something. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, I am sorry. I Hold on. I was going to say, I was, I was going to correct you after you got done talking. That was actually number five. Yeah. I don't know. How, I don't know how I fucking messed that up. That's 
crazy. McAuliffe Black was at number four. That was at number five. I apologize. I read that list wrong. This is so small. I wish I could zoom this in. Um, no disrespect to our buddy Dan Thompson from Yeah, no, I, I apologize. Watching I, with us tonight. I, I, well, I was looking at, so I'm looking at my Excel spreadsheet that's all highlighted, and it they got all jumbled up. I apologize. Um, it's still, I mean, at number five, everything I just said is true. I mean, you're talking about top five. But you're right. Let's go back. At number four, we had McAuliffe Black. So what I'll say about McAuliffe Black is, again, that was another cigar that came out June-ish, I think, that came out. It came out towards Well, it the came out. It was half, two maybe? guys in Smoke In that had it first before mm-hmm. anybody else. It was it was kind of a, yeah, it right, was a, right it was a pre-release, show, but it wasn't a pre-release right before the trade show. And it was actually, I think, the first cigar that I reviewed for Smoking Tobacco, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was. And as I remember, I believe the folks at McAuliffe, like those, if I remember correctly, the words they used were soft launch um, mm-hmm. of that cigar. Not a pre-release, but a, like a soft, soft launch. Soft launch. Um, that cigar was rated, you know, we've talked about it all year, 91 by Kevin at SmokingTobacco.com. Coop makes fun of us every week on Spare Notes. Um, <laughs> but it's true, though. It, it scored very high. You know, at 91, you're not going to be outside, you know, top 10, probably even top 5 depending on how many others. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it was one of the highest-rated cigars on the website last year. Of course, it's it's deep on the list. I think that was the cigar from McAuliffe that is – I think that's the cigar that – and I haven't spoken to them, anyone from over there, in, in a bit. But I've said from the beginning, I thought that was the cigar that was going to change a lot of things for McAuliffe. I think it's the best cigar that they've ever made. Kevin, you did the review on that cigar. I you should have a lot more to say on this than me, as the person who reviewed it. But yeah, I mean that 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 cigar, it just it hit the ground running. Oh, it and, did. And it, for the for, I mean the the price point on that cigar is probably one of the things that is going to really surprise a lot of people. I mean, when you have you know we're talking. Davidoff, and we're talking Don Carlos, which I mean, Don Carlos isn't an ex- isn't an expensive cigar by retail standards, but when you get into the you know obscure sizes like Eye of the Shark or Eye of the Bull or whatever, it, they become a secondary market thing. So it just so it drives the price up. When you have a cigar that retails for you know eight nine dollars, that can hang with those and can literally be going head to head with those for a cigar of the year award, you really have something special. I mean, if there was, if we gave a value award, there'd be absolutely not a chance in hell that anything on the planet would have beat that cigar. The, the transitions in that, the complexity, the blend, the smoking experience, the flavors, just everything with that cigar was wow. I didn't, when I first got him and, cut and lit the first one uh, i was shocked it it was literally that good yeah definitely you know i i uh i think previous to that release i had already reviewed a couple mccallis and like i said i gave them decent scores i think i gave one like an 88 and an, an 87 or 86 and i was like you know solid stuff but when they when when you know kevin did the review and then you guys sent me some samples and i you know i saw kevin score i was like wow and i lit it up i was like deserving like literally you know i was like as long as like i got through the whole cigar and i was like yeah i can understand 
100% why he gave it the score. And like I said, I, you know, I, I mentioned before, I think this is the best McAuliffe so far. And absolutely, if we were to do a uh, value list, this would be number one. This would be a hundred percent, especially in the value, you can't beat it. A thousand you can't, you percent. Can't it. It's it's there's there's nothing like you're you're a top five cigar under ten dollars. Like what? Like that is for a Toro or Robusto. Uh, just I how, can't think of that ever happen on any list, like ever. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it was a uh, it was awesome. It's great smoke. Um. I think if you've had McCallop before and you're like oh you know i've had a couple i i don't i don't know you have you have to go try the cigar and there's no there's no reason for you not to it's not hurting your wallet you just you just got to go out and, and smoke it it's it's accessible you can pretty much get it anywhere go to your local brick and mortar if they don't carry McCallop, ask them to carry McCallop. they support brick and mortars amazingly and uh and Thanks, just man. just pick one up pick a five pack up and, and give some to your friends yeah. One of the things that, that really struck me with this one is when I gave it an 81, I got a lot of shit from my friends. It's like, wow, it's an $8 cigar. How are you giving it a 91? If you smoked it yet? It's like, no, but there's no way it's a 91. So I would say either they would either pick up a fiver or I would send them some and they would smoke it. And everybody I sent it to was, was like, holy shit, you're right. And it turned into box buys on multiple occasions from multiple friends that tried it, that, you know, that had smoked McCallus that says, okay, they're okay as cigars. You know, they're not bad. They're nothing stand out. I mean, it's a good, you know, McCallus is a great cigar. It's, it's flavor, you know, they're flavorful. They're good quality. When they try this, they found that it was hard to believe that it was from the same manufacturer. Yeah. Which to Matt's sure. point is, is literally, McAuliffe took off in a different direction with the cigar. They definitely had different plans for what they're going to do and mission accomplished for what, whatever it is that they were trying to achieve. Cause you'd knocked it out of the park. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree with that. Um, just again, huge shout out to McAuliffe on that cigar. Um, you know, obviously we're talking about everything on the list here, but you know, that one in particular, it was, it was great. Uh, and I, I I think it's important to that company too. Um, for a lot of reasons so just a huge congratulations to them uh, on placing high up on the list and the success that they've had with that cigar um you know and I, I i hope it continues for them so and dan made a comment earlier it sounds like they get some more stuff in the pipeline so we'll see what happens we'll see what else they got going on um, can't, can't wait can't, can't wait. wait yeah yeah i can't wait and what and barb's comment that just popped up on the on the screen right here where she says price doesn't matter if it's that good it's that good and it's 100 she's 100 percent right oh yeah Yep. You know, we are so we are so price driven and a lot of consumers are price driven. If you know if it's a forty dollar cigar, it's gotta be excellent. Well, when I can hand you an eight dollar cigar that will hang with a forty dollar cigar, it you know, Boom. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. hundred percent. Let's uh let's pause for a second. Let's talk about um some of our friends in uh over in Paris. That's right, S D DuPont. We are using our S D DuPont cutters and lighters tonight. Um you know, nothing but the best here at Smoke Tobacco. That's what we use to rely on cutting and lighting. There it is. I think my flint's getting thin. Um, you know, just just fantastic stuff. Always reliable, always lights, always cuts. Some of the sharpest cutters in the business. Um, a wide range of products. Check them out at SD DuPont today and always be exceptional. Um, you know, as we continue to go down 
the list. And I'm not going to go through. Probably... I don't think we actually talked about what any of us were smoking besides you, Matt. I don't know if we want to. Yeah, let, yeah, you can, you can, th- real yeah, quick before go we go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so you we'll go, go first. Where, where are you? Okay, I'll, you, you brought I'll it up. up you're yeah, first. you brought it up. So I know. Yeah, might as well. I, I lit up a new cigar that I haven't had before. It's the Placencia Almadel Campo. Uh, I love Placencia. This That's your first one. Of, a, of a Del Campo, yeah. I, I love that cigar. I love that cigar. He lives in Canada, bro. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, me, you know, he, I've I had know. A, I've had a Fuego. <laughs> I've had a Fuerte. I've had a few other. I think like a. I think I had one of the Cosechas. Um, I haven't had those the most good. recent Cosecha, but the I've heard those are good. Yeah, the more recent ones as well. Um, but yeah, this is nice. It's it's a lot more, uh, like it's a lot less pepperier. Like it's a lot less mm-hmm. pepper than a lot of their other stuff. This definitely hits in that medium range. Um, it's a good soft uh, medium. Yeah, it's a the thicker ring gauge definitely mellows out a lot of that flavor. But really nice, nice complexity, nuttiness, um, good flavor to it. Really enjoying this, and it's burning great. The ash is holding on great. And yeah, even with this crazy dry humidity weather and um, freezing cold, and then really hot, it's it's doing great. It's burning well. What are you smoking, Kevin? I am smoking the uh, Illusion Original Documents Habano in the Lancero mm-hmm. size that I got from Fred at Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. Beautiful. And I will say that that in this size, the Lancero, it definitely tastes different than it did in the other sizes. This Better? Is, this is a this is a this one's a burner. I love nice. this cigar. Yeah, it's. Uh... Luzioni, man. They, they're always firing on all cylinders. Dion's just a great blender. Yeah, Matt, you already mentioned you're smoking the Papa Saka, right? Yeah, I'm smoking the Papa Saka, uh, which nice. is burning well. Um, you know, burning like a number three cigar of the year. I, it's, I love it's awesome. that cigar. I love that cigar. It was great. And I and I will say, since since I know Matt had wanted to talk about pairings and doing different things, you know, with food and with drink and whatnot. I yeah. am pairing it with a little smoke wagon, the younger bourbon. Oh, I don't think I've had the younger yet, but uh, I've you had, have, you, I've you had have some other younger. I've got some for you when you come to town next time. Oh, nice. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I've smoked a lot. Of, I've smoked. I've drank a lot of the smoke wagon uh, whiskey and um, I mean, everything I've had has been phenomenal. Uh, and it's interesting because it's, you, know, you you hear Las Vegas and you think like oh, whiskey from Las Vegas that's so random but it's it's delicious uh, they do some really good stuff so um, anytime you can score a bottle of that I'm sorry excuse me um, anytime you can score a bottle of that check it out um, it I don't think it's pricey it, you can get it outside of Vegas too right Kevin it's I mean I don't, this, we, you can get it outside of Vegas yeah. it's it's becoming more and more prevalent like we're just in Ohio and the liquor store that you know smoke wagon to us here is kind of like what weller is to back east and the liquor store that we go to when we're back in ohio they typically have a lot of the weller stuff and i was actually surprised they literally had all the new smoke wagon stuff oh wow so yeah their state state runs store too so you know that means you know definitely decisions had to be made and and whatnot to get it in there so well, I got a feeling it'll become more prevalent at least in Ohio. I just wish that Matt Booth would get his Rum 101 gin into uh, New Hampshire because it's—I don't know why. And every, 
I have a couple bottles that I, I, I always seem to have a couple bottles I keep on hand. And I've introduced that to several people. And I'm like, you like gin? And they're like, yeah. And I go, well, I got one for you. And they're like, all right. And I give it. And they're like, holy shit. What is that? And I tell them. And they're like, where do I get it? And I'm like, well, you can't get it here. And they get all disappointed. And they're like, what? And I'm like, um, you can order online if they don't have it in, in your area. But I, I keep telling Matt. I'm like, you got to get into New Hampshire, dude. I'm telling you. It, you like, I don't like know what you got going on. But you got to make that a, a reality. It would do so good here. Um, people love it. People want to see it. Um, it's the so, only gin I'll drink. I know it's it's yeah, same too. I, I'm not a gin it's, guy it's, at all, but I drink that, that much different than regular gin, than any other gin on the market. Yeah, I'll drink that, but I won't drink anything else gin wise. So um, makes the best Negroni I've ever had. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And speaking of Room 101, that kind of brings us to um, the number six spot on the list, which was the Room Seven. 101 Johnny. Is it seven? You know what it is. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the Excel spreadsheet numbers. Yeah, it's it's like not, one off. Yeah, it's fucking me up. That's what it is. Um, is it no? No, it's one, two, yeah, three, six four, five, six. Yeah, because six is Yeah, it's assume nope. is number five. Yeah, no, it's number six. No, I got that right. Number six. Yeah, he no, was one, right. Two, three, four, oh, okay. Five, yeah. Six. Yeah, my bad. My yeah, bad. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny T. Don't be hating on. Don't be hating on our buddy. No, you're Matt. right. You're right. That's that's my bad. That's my bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, I thought so. Um, he was at number six. Now, I, one thing I'll say, and like I said before, we're not going to go through the entire list tonight because, you know, we kind of already did, but we're going to go through a lot of it, um, at least in the top ten for sure. But the Johnny Tobacconaut, when we got to the tr- – I mean, look, I think most of us, or at least Kevin and I for sure, um, we had – Kevin, I think, had the original, original Johnny Tobacconaut. I did not. Then – in 22, Matt did a special limited release in the perfect, the 10 count perfecto size with Luxury Scar Club, and I did get a box of those. I still have a couple left, and they were fantastic. And then they were gone, and I was like, "Oh man, I wish you'd make more of these. These were really, <laughs> really good." And then we got to the trade show, and Forged had announced that they would be releasing it as a as a regular production, and they were also going to be making it in uh, the Robusto and the Toro sizes in 20-count boxes, and they were also going to be doing the Perfecto in the 10-count boxes. And I got very excited, and I said, oh, these are so great. But I had only smoked in that Perfecto size, which was great, but, you know, I wanted to smoke it in a, in a regular Parejo. So they had the show, and this is where I kind of, you know, reveal the, um, the, the, the thing about media that everyone likes to hate on us for, but I, I, I fell on the sword on this one because the cigar was so good. <laughs> <laughs> they they had a basket at the Forge booth at like every like section for like each whatever that was being showcased and Room One O Ones had a basket of just all of those. And I remember I went over and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna grab one because like I wanna see how you know, I'm gonna try the, the Robusto size. And I don't really smoke on the trade show floor when I'm there. And I know that sounds weird, but as media it's just kind of it it gets in the way you know what i mean as a retailer it's one thing as a manufacturer as a media guy doing interviews it's 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 a pain in the ass it gets in the way it's a distraction you know i love smoking but at the same time when i'm doing the trade show stuff like that's more important i smoke later having said that i grabbed one i had a few minutes i said i'm just gonna light it up if i don't finish it whatever 
oh, I made sure I finished that cigar. I was blown away. And I remember texting the group and was like, do you guys go to Forge yet? Did you have this? Like, um, And I will admit uh, that was pretty early on in the trade show. And for the rest of the trade show, I kept sneaking over to Forged. And I kept grabbing a couple, not just to hoard and take home. Like, I was grabbing them, cutting them, lighting them, smoking them. And then I'd finish mm-hmm. it. And then an hour later, I'd go, I gotta go swing by the Forge booth again. And I'd go grab another one and cut it and light it because it was so good. I just couldn't stop. The cigar was fantastic. And I know that Kevin and Mitchell felt the same way, too. I mean, you guys actually did the interview with Matt. Um, but that, that cigar, I mean,. It really blew me away. Well, we didn't really do. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We really didn't do the interview with Matt. I think. I think. I think Mitch actually got interviewed by Matt. If memory serves me right. That's. I wasn't there, I so did, I, I, I didn't did know. But yeah, you're right. I think that's. It was the other way around. It was a good interview, but, though. No. But to your but to your point, that cigar was outstanding, and that's one of those ones. If you get to the PCA trade show and you see Matt walking around smoking a cigar, it's good because he doesn't smoke cigars while we're on the show for yeah that's a telltale song. yeah so for me um you know how we said like for value uh would have been mccallif black i think for surprise cigar i think this like if that was a list no one really has that as a list this would have been th- the biggest surprise for me in, in a million years you know i always mention all the time i'm not a huge connecticut shade smoker I don't often rate them very high. Uh, they just don't hit my palate as well. Like I'll, I'll when it when there's a good one, I I know it's good. It's got the good flavors, but I I tend to not lean. I tend to lean more Habano or even you know Broadleaf. Um, I also um, had an original Johnny Tobacconot, which uh, I don't think I've ever told you guys that but i did have an original giant tobacco not it was really really aged though like i knew someone who bought some and he had put some away and he had brought it out and uh i, I tried it and it, it was way over aged it didn't have that much flavor and i was just kind of like yeah that was okay when i lit this up i was like like i, I literally said there's got to be something wrong with my palate and i was like there's this can't no. be that good like this can't be that I got through the whole thing. And I think I even messaged Kevin as well and be like, is this actually this good? Like, am I just going crazy? And I had to light up another one. Uh, I think mm-hmm. like a week later, I was like, I'm going to reset my palette, lit up another one. And it was the consistency. And I was just like, it is just so, it was so smokable. I don't like, I don't, I can't even really describe like, Oh, it had this flavor. It was just so smokable. Right. Like, like Matt said, you just want to come back to it. And and it just uh, yeah it was just an enjoyable smoke, that's it, that's all I can and it deserves to be in the top ten. Um, again, I'm I'm very surprised it hasn't hit more lists as well. Um, it's uh, it, it was it was it was a great cigar and like I said, being Connecticut and me previously having like uh, a, an experience that wasn't like outstanding, I, it, it blew me away. So. Well, Kevin O'Connor's post or comment on here says, "I've never enjoyed so many Connecticut's this past year than any other, you know, than any other years in the past." And that yeah. was actually, as you were saying that, it was I was kind of had formulating a comment in my head. If you actually look at our list, this really was the year of the Connecticut. There are a lot of Connecticut's on our list, and the Connecticut cigar literally it's 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 gone to another level. So Connecticut's not easy to blend, and 
to to blend it and to make it stand out and to have the the power as well as good flavors other than just grass and hay and cedar and just kind of like your normal Connecticut flavors where it's like smoke and air. Those days are gone. You know, if you grab a Connecticut from 10 years ago compared to Connecticut today from, you know, like the Johnny tobacco knot or, you know, those other ones on our list, like the Paustani that were on our list. Yep. The quality of the cigar is so much, well, I shouldn't say the quality of the cigar, just the flavor delivery, flavor, the power, the power, the complexity. There's so much there that just never existed in Connecticut's before. It's literally a whole new avenue. Yeah, there was another cigar. I think it was a Lost and Found that Matt did with Caldwell. With the Hit and Run. Do you remember that one, Kevin? I do. I don't remember the name of it. It was it was called the Hit and Run. And it okay. Had, it had the white it had the white band with like the purple and pinkish flower on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That cigar, I think, was the only cigar with the Room 101 name on it that I didn't love. And the reason being was, to your point that you just said, because if I remember correctly, that is, is that a Connecticut Shade? I think it is a Connecticut Shade cigar. I think I don't think it's in production anymore, but I'm pretty sure it was a Connecticut Shade cigar. But I remember smoking it and being like, it was one of the first Room 101 cigars I ever had. And... I remember this is several years back, and I remember smoking it and being like, "There's nothing here. It's smoking. It's like smoking air. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was nothing there." And I know there was people who raved about it, and I was like, mm. "Well, there's like, a lot of people that start out flavorless. Connecticut. It's just when you go to a B and M and you're a new smoker, a lot of B and Ms are going to hand you a Connecticut because they're typically they're typically not strong." They're typically mild to medium profile. They don't have a lot of nicotine. They're relatively easy to smoke. But the problem is, is it gets you smoking cigars. But if you have any kind of a palate, it's smoking air. Right. Yeah. Is that was, I mean, that was how I started. I think, you know, I don't know how, I don't know, Matt, Mitch, I don't know what your early, early smoking experiences were, but I started Cubans. in the Connecticut and Wait. it was just like, you would smoke these and be, how come people like these? There's not really anything there. And then somebody gives you something that's medium full to full bodied, and it's like, wow, okay. Now I understand why people smoke cigars. Well, now you're getting Connecticut's that are in that medium full range, maybe even knocking on full, you know, either medium, medium full in strength, medium full to full bodied. And they will hang with you know some of the more most popular medium full to full bodied you know maduros habanos everything else so yeah i mean so i mean again i mean just kind of wrapping the this one up i mean i don't want to say that there was a lot of hype on it but for sure for sure once it was out and people started smoking it and of course when this team got our hands on it it's one that just immediately was like, this is going on the list. I mean, we're talking over the summer before we've been thinking about doing the list. And it was like, this mm-hmm. is on the, this is on the list without a question. Yeah. I when mean, you have a cigar that you're reaching for on a regular basis, there's no question. At a trade show? No yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, again, that's, I mean, people want to know like how these lists come together. I mean, it, it's, it's tricky, but 
I mean, you get cigars like that, and you already know they're on the list. Um, there are just some cigars that are just that good. Um, there are some you got to revisit, but then there's some like that where you smoke it once, and you're like, boom, list. And I feel like most of the top ten is pretty much that way, um, which it should be. Excuse me. I don't know why I keep yawning. I feel horrible about it. Sorry. Um, you have a well, there's, okay. there's, there's cigars that the, the top ten are cigars that every time you pick the cigar up, it's going to be memorable, and yep. you're going to want to smoke it again. That's the basis for how these lists are built, and the top ten – no doubt is they're they're heavy hitters they're good burners there's good flavors and it's just an all-around amazing cigar um yeah so i mean again that was uh that was a that was a major standout and then if you go down to the next spot on the list at number seven right Eight, four, no, five, seven, 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 seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah now seven. we're at, now we're now we're now we're to number seven. So that one was the Liga Pravada H99 Papas Fritas. Now, what's interesting about that is it was a big year for Liga Pravada, specifically H99. Although there was some other Liga stuff that was done, um, the H99 I would say is probably the one that got the most attention because it was the most added to it. We also saw the Super Ancho, which was their six by sixty. They uh, also released the Lancero, the Phineas Gage. There was a um, a Flying Pig version that was made, which I think was exclusive only to the Barn Smoker events. And then, as part of their Freestyle Live, they did the H99 Papas Fritas, which I remember when, when it was going on, and I think, Kevin, I think you called that one, like, oh, this is an H99 Papas Fritas. Well, and, as soon as I tasted it, it was a no-brainer what it was. Yeah, so... <laughs> And it was great. And it, you know what? It's a fun size. It's a small little cigar, especially when you don't have a lot of time. Um, I don't know the exact price point on it, but I know it's not super expensive. Um, you know, I think they're like seven or eight bucks. Yeah, for what it is. I mean, it's it's not bad. So, again, you talk about the value. I mean, it's a cigar that, you know, they use, they use a lot of the trimmings from the, the bigger sizes to make that, you know, in a – And it works. It works really well. It's a good value. Uh, the H99 kind of became... I, I've always been a fan of Liga Pravada. I, I've liked it for many years. Um, I used to smoke a lot more of it than I do now. Um, just mostly just because I have to smoke so many other things. But, it was, you know, again, Liga has you know, been a, a solid brand, you know, on a personal note for me. The H99s came out. And, you know, started becoming more accessible and I started to smoke them more. And I was like, you know, I was always a number nine guy, like whew, number nine. That was my shit. That was my jam. The age 99 kind of took that spot for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've just really fallen in love with age 99 and the Papa's Fritas is great. It's a great addition to the line. Um, good value, good cigar. You're using good tobaccos to, to make, you know, for what it is. Um, and I just knew I'm like this is this is a list worthy cigar for all of those reasons. It's not the fanciest cigar in the world, you know. It's it's a small format. It's a lot of short short pieces inside there in the filler. It's a lot of short filler, um, but it's great. I mean, it burns great, tastes great. It it just 
everything about it. It's just it's a 10 out of 10. Um, it wasn't really a shock to see that on the list. I, I don't think I saw it on a lot of other lists, but I knew on our list. I'm like, it has to be there. It ju- it just well, it just it just does. What they did the, with that cigar and why it landed where it landed is just to make a cigar like that that basically, like you said, is trimmings from the other sizes. To make that cigar taste just like the other ones, that's not easy to do. I mean, yes, it has the same tobacco in it, but being the format behind why it was designed and how it's designed and how it's rolled, it's hard to make it. How do you make a Papas Fritas taste like an H99 Toro? But they pulled it off. That's true. It's not easy to you know always replicate stuff in in, in certain sizes, uh, and that's why you know to Coop's point, even though he's not here tonight, but he, he probably would say this is you know that's why Lanceros are so tricky. You know they're not easy to make. I know a lot of people probably don't realize that, but it's hard to add a Lancero to a line. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's so tr- it's just so tricky to get that blend right because it's so thin too. You have a much smaller room for error. Um, so when you find a cigar that's in a much smaller format like that, that's added to a line and it performs like that, you really know it's a winner because it's mm-hmm. anyone can make a Toro, anyone can make a Robusto. Those are classic sizes. If you know what you're doing, you can make one. It'll be fine. To make it in a skinnier Shorter, smaller format. That's well, that little trumpetta size. The size of that is unique too, because you know it goes from from thicker ring to small ring, and yep, it, it's crazy. You know, and then to your point on lanceros, you know, if they're done right, I think a lancero definitely is the best representation of what a cigar is supposed to taste like if it's done right. Correct. You know, I am really good friends with Alec and Bradley Rubin from Alec Bradley Cigars. And the Lancero is their favorite size. And there's been many of the cigars in their line that they've tried to do Lanceros with that they just can't do it because you just, you can't get the ratios right. It just right. doesn't work. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Now, um, what's funny is going into the next slot, uh, number eight um, was a Lancero. Actually, I shouldn't say that. They don't call it a Lancero, but... It's a Lancero. It's a Lancero. Um, that was the the Davidoff. So the other Davidoff that was on the list, which was also a limited release from last year, was the signature number one. So number one was the Anniversario number one, uh, which was closer to, I say close, not exact, closer to like your typical A size cigar. I think it's a, I think it's slightly shorter, so I don't I don't think it's officially an A. An A is like over nine inches. I don't think that one's. Quite I would call nine. it like a double Corona, like a Corona. What is it, Corona Doble? Like a, yeah, like a double Corona. It, it was it's like a big double Corona. So, the signature number one also made the list. Now, again, we go back to the Lancero conversation, and this is a Lancero that's made right, and. It performed well, and these came out before the anniversary. The anniversary came out in the fall. The signature Lanceros came out, I want to say, like late spring. And mm-hmm. I first smoked it when I got to Vegas for the trade show, and I said I want to run in and grab a couple of things from Davidoff of Geneva. And I grabbed a couple of loose ones and I smoked them, and I had was like, whew, 
Wow. Mm-hmm. This was great. And I loved it so much that I went back to Davidoff of Geneva in Las Vegas where I probably shouldn't have purchased a box because I could have bought it probably at a better value back home. But I didn't care because I wanted them so bad. And I went and bought a whole box of them. And because they were just that good. And I and I tell you, I, I've, I've, I've smoked a few more out of that box. <sighs> I mean, again, that, that, that was a heavy favorite for me too. I mean – that size is different great. flavor profile. Different flavor profile for yeah. sure. Different flavor profile. A little bit darker tobacco, but yeah, excellent. But to kind of what Kevin was saying before, I mean that it's what a cigar should taste like, and that was a great example mm-hmm. um, of what a good Lancero should be like, and it really showed off all the highlights of what that blend is and the tobacco that's used. Um, so again, that that one. That one earned its spot pretty pretty easily too. Um, at number nine, we have the Crowned Heads Lavareda, which this was Kevin. I know you were really big on this cigar. This was an interesting release. Crown Heads has been a, a company that, and I think all of us here at Smoking Tobacco has um, followed pretty closely the last several years. Uh, really gotten into. Uh, really, you know. Smoked a lot of their stuff, a lot of different stuff. Everyone's got their favorites, I think, on this team. Um, Lavarita was, I don't, I don't want to say it was a surprise for me. I don't know if I can say that for everyone same, else here, but same, same, same here, same. Yeah, surprise. Yep, it was a surprise. Well, what they did with it and and its position, you know, that was really Crowned Heads' first foray into the ultra premium or luxury line. Yeah to say and i mean it's risky you know they're well outside their wheelhouse well outside the price point and i mean the chances that it could be pulled off or not uh, like i said it's risky and they nailed it you know they've been making a lot of great stuff lately uh with with their different blends and stuff that they do and they, they you know they got the last calaveras which is very popular it comes out every year yada 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 um but that lavarita i mean i had high hopes but i smoked it and i was like wow i mean you know this is this is special you know especially for a brand mm-hmm. like crowned heads so i mean for me you know having it in the top 10 again was an easy sell just because of how well it um it smoked for me, everyone on the team. You know, I don't think we reviewed that cigar. No, we, um, we did not. We, but, we, we did not. But I know it would score high what, um, if, it, if we did. What, what I found flavor-wise that really uh, surprised me was the, like, right off the bat, the balance of sweetness that I was getting. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I was just blown away. Like, it wasn't overly sweet, but it had this, like, this balance of, like, earth and sweet and spice that just um to me it was uh, you know it's sometimes like cigars aren't super balanced they're like really flavorful and they're like really upfront and they taste delicious but they're not necessarily balanced this to me felt very balanced with a good like nothing really took to the forefront but there was everything right. there kind of thing for me so that that just really surprised me um and and really kind of uh uh, that's why I, I again when i first smoked it i think i even mentioned to you guys i was like wow blown away by this if you haven't smoked it smoke it and you guys both agreed so 
Well, there's like a buttery creaminess in the finish of that that literally brings that earthiness and spiciness together. Mm -hmm. And wow. And I think, if if I'm not mistaken, that was produced at the EP Carrillo factory, which was another Mm -hmm. first for Crown Heads, if I'm not mistaken. And again, if you're looking for where they try to position that cigar is if you're having a special occasion like a wedding or a graduation or an anniversary or something like that, where you want a special cigar to smoke, that's going to be amazing quality. It's going to be memorable. It can pair with a lot of different, different beverages. They hit it out of the park Absolutely. with that. They went, they, they got exactly, you know, John Huber got exactly what he was going for with that. So, and, and honestly, I will say, it doesn't go in. Just from a personal note, it pairs well with an old Cuban. That is probably <laughs> the best. That that is the best beverage that I've had yet with that cigar. The funny thing is that you mentioned Cuban, and I said this on the show the other night. The only thing about the Lavareda that, like, and I, I swear I can't be the only person that happens to. I said it the first time too. Did you? They. Yeah. You know what I'm gonna say. Every time yeah, I look at it, I think of the Vigueros. From Habanos. You can't, you, you can't not. The V yeah. is very similar. but You the, see that V and you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, the, the whole packaging as well, although it doesn't go into, obviously, like, placement on a list or score or anything, but, like, it is a very sleek-looking cigar. The, the color combination and the V and the whole presentation of the cigar, it feels high-end when you have it in your hand. And when you light it up, mm-hmm. you kind of almost get that. You're like, this is, like... This is almost what I expected just looking at it. You're like, wow, this is an elevated flavor profile. Yeah. Well, that's the purpose of it. You set that box on the table at an anniversary party. Yeah. It's going to attract attention. Everybody's going, whoa, you know, Mr. Big Bucks, big spender. You must have spent a lot of money on those. And it, it just has that look. Yeah. 100%. Um, and I'm excited to see um, the continued growth of that cigar with Crown Heads. It's. Uh, they're a company that's been doing some great stuff lately, and um, just want to see them keeping up the momentum. Just, just you well, know. Well, dude, John Huber is a great guy. You Absolutely. Miguel Shodel Miguel is. I mean, he's a great personal friend, and I am extremely happy to see those that cigar hit the points that it was designed to hit, and I'm sure they're going to be successful with that blend. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Um, so we're going to get to the number 10 cigar and then I'm going to talk about maybe some, some honorable mentions. And then we're going to talk about, um, with PCA actually coming up soon, kind of, kind of change gears a little bit and then talk about what we're excited about for this year. Um, there's already been some stuff that's come out that didn't make the deadline for 23. So it's in the running for 24 in a couple of them. Um, I think are already contenders. There's also there's one that I'm j- I'm gonna be I, I it's not I don't think it's gonna be a contender for us this year, um, and I'm gonna be honest with you and I'm gonna say what I think it I'm, well I'm not what I think what I'm gonna tell you what it is, um, but you know I it's no hate it's just I smoked a few and and they weren't they weren't uh, they were much different than I anticipated but and I'll get to that in a second but um, just so you guys know kind of change gears here. Um, but at number 10, we had the Roma Craft, uh, the Quint Quaginario, 
which was something that Skip Martin worked on with uh, Ernie Carrillo um, for his 50th birthday. Um, it's one of the first cigars Nicole smoked after she um, was pregnant. It was a cigar that I smoked um, roughly around the time that it first was available. And it was a cigar that we fell in love with. It was, you know, we haven't really had a lot of Roma stuff on the list in the last couple of years. But this was a cigar that really stood out. And, I mean, it just it burned well. It performed well. It was different because, you know, it was just with the creation of it, you know, it's kind of different than the rest of the Roma Craft stuff, you know, with the working with Ernie on it. Um, for certain, it, it, it was different. You know, the other one we really liked was the the Intemperance, the Volstead. Um, but, I mean, this cigar, I think, ended out just by a little bit. Uh, it, it was a it was a really popular one um, for us. And, um, you know, I, I just, it was a good example of just another, you know, a great cigar all around. Good blend. Uh, it burned well. Construction was right. I mean, also not to mention, you know, Ernie had a, a cigar. He had, uh, at 25, he had the the Allegiance on the list. But, you know, everything he's been doing, you know, on his own, under his own name, it, it, I think I mentioned this the other night. I mean, it's been, it's been top-notch. I mean, Cigar Aficionado has given him two Cigar of the Year awards um, for his cigars. I mean, that Pledge of Allegiance that came out this year, mm-hmm. uh, that one was a popular one. Uh, Kevin, I think me and you smoked the Allegiance together back in February of last year. Yes. Um, and I remember we smoked it and it was just like, poof, this is good. Wow. This is uh this is one we can't forget about. Um, just a big fan of what's been coming out of that factory. Um, you know, I can't, I can't say enough about it. And, um, I'm, I'm, I, I have, I have hope that, um, he's going to have a cigar that's at the top of our list in, in years to come. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's tricky. Like I, like we said, it's tricky to put this list together, but um, so it's hard because there's a lot of good cigars too. And, you know, everything on the list, it's on the list. So it, it's good. Um, certain parts of the list are easier than others, but um, it, it's, it, it's hard. You know, you put a cigar in a spot and you lock it in, you say, all right, it's going there. But even then you just can't help it. Like, <sighs> should it be higher though? It, you, you almost kill yourself thinking <laughs> about it uh, as these guys know it, it, it is. And that's why I said the other day, like you have, we have to just like, we have to finalize our list and stick with it because if we just keep like picking at it and moving things around, we turn into Steve Saka. You know, we're just never satisfied and we keep tweaking stuff and it's just never, it's just never what we want. So, um, but that's our top 10. So, um, I can be as grumpy as Steve Saka. Yeah, you can be. Yeah, you can be. Um, you know, you know our top 10, I, I really, really like it. I, I, if pretty much any of those cigars, I would have no problem defending ever. Like there's like mm-hmm. those cigars are so easy to uh, suggest to people to try and to suggest to people to buy. Uh, and, and it's, it's a no brainer on any single one of those. Um, obviously, you know, we have stuff from all the way from very light to, you know, pretty strong on, on there. It's a, it's a nice r- range of, of things. And it's just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how anyone could could come up to us and say, "Oh, I, you know, obviously, you know, someone might not like something that's their personal preference." But again, I could defend every single one of those cigars on that top ten, super easily, 100%. like hundred percent, like without even a question. 
So, yeah. I mean, there's not a cigar in our top 25 list that I would hesitate to give to somebody. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, just uh, uh, just quick. I mean, the next few that go down, and we won't really get into them, but, you know, the Asylum Sensorium, which came out, which was a very special cigar, using a very different kind of tobacco. Uh, you know, Christian was on the show a few months ago, and I know, Mitchell, I think you were there. We, we, we talked a lot about that. Yep. Um, it scored high with us. Uh, the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, the Krakatoa, which I actually I have some with me. Um, I think that's another one that a lot of people, you know, anticipated being on lists. And um, I think we'll – I've seen on a lot of other lists. I have the Krakatoa here. Uh, that's that's another great one. Um, the Paustania, Connecticut, you know, Kevin had kind of mentioned that earlier. That's another one. Great Connecticut too. Um, that was one that, you know, I think a lot of people were excited to see. Um, those that follow Pistania, I mean, they're a smaller brand, um, but you know, if you if you follow them and you pay attention enough, you've smoked their stuff. Um, that one was that one was a real winner. Kristoff uh, came out with the Tris, uh, the Trace Compadres. Um, I thought outside of the Guardrail that came out the year before, which was an excellent cigar, I thought this was another one of those cigars that's been one of the best that Kristoff has manufactured in recent memory. Um, just a huge, a huge shout out to them for for doing such a great cigar, and then the Tatuaje Lomo de Cerdo, which was the uh, the Tuxla iteration of um, the pork tenderloin that Tatuaje is very well known for. Um, which Kevin, I think you're the only one here that's actually smoked the original, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. So, which, and I think you probably feel the same way as I do on that cigar is. It was a great cigar. It's not the original pork tenderloin <laughs> with a broadleaf, but it's still a great cigar. No. Yeah, I mean broadleaf is one of my favorite wrappers, period. Yeah. And it just yep. it, it was it was not the original, but it was still an amazing cigar. Absolutely, hundred percent. Um so I mean that's that's kinda like the, the bulk of our list right there. Um, you know, like I said, there's more. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit before we got too late to the show. Um you know, talking about 2024, what we've already seen, you know, PCA's coming up. What are we excited to see? What, what, what do we anticipate with that trade show earlier in the year? I know some manufacturers have said no, no issue with that. Some of them have said it's been, you know, making their schedule a little bit tighter. And so everyone's kind of a little bit different. But um, the first few that have come out that didn't make eligibility for this list that I think are um, in good consideration for... 2024 i'm gonna go right out of right out of the gate with perdomo the perdomo 30th oh yeah that's a cigar a lot of anticipation Mm -hmm. we've known about it for a while now um it was a little bit delayed because of packaging issues but i think everyone here has smoked at least one or two of those um i have smoked every single one of those in the epicure size in all three uh, wrapper variations it's kevin you have um Mm -hmm. I've only smoked Habano. Right. Um, the sun grown. The sun grown. And um, that, that one right there, I, 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 I'm going to make a bold statement here, and I'm going to say that it's early. This can change. So don't hold me to it. Early prediction. And, Kevin, I'm curious to see what you think. I could see two of those making the list in 2024. I'm not going to argue. I mean, I like. I was going to. Yeah. I like the sun. I mean, I am a Perdomo Sun Grown fanboy. 
Me too. And of those three, the Sun Grown was my favorite. Big surprise. Definitely the Sun Grown. And I mean, it's going to be a toss up between Connecticut and Maduro for yeah. making the list. I mean, there's a off chance all three of them can make the list, which would be crazy for <laughs> one one manufacturer to get three yeah. cigars in the top 25. But I mean, if, if, if it, that's, it, that's an it, instance, it, but I, it, I'm not going to lie, it could happen. With with them and that cigar, I I could see that happening just because of how well made all three of them are, um, Absolutely. and the fact that they're all released at the same time, um, you know. If, and that's if, another brand too. Not to cut you off, Matt, but that's another brand that, no matter when you pick it up, you know it's going to be consistent. You know yeah. it's going to smoke good. You know it's going to be flavorful, and you're going to know what to expect every time you pick one up. Yeah, and Nicole commented. So she actually smoked the Maduro last night, and uh, yeah, because her her band is right here from last night. Um, yeah, and she she liked it. The, to me, yeah, the Connecticut and the Sun Grown they were all really good, but the Connecticut and the Sun Grown, I think, were my favorites. And then out of those two, if I had to pick one, I'd say the Connecticut. I just I've smoked two or three of them now. And ever since the first one, I was like, wow, this is mm-hmm. really something. Even for Perdomo, um, it's, it's smoke. I mean, it smokes like a 30 or a $40 cigar. And it's, it, I think uh, it's 15, uh, 15 bucks. hundred percent. It yeah. smokes like a 30 or $40 cigar. I mean, my favorite Perdomo line is the 12th anniversary of the 12 year, the 12 and year, 12 year double aged. And I've yet to these, smoke one of those. These are even better. I agree. I think, I think you mentioned there. Every, everything is fifteen-year age tobacco in there, pretty much. I think I, like the, think, the, I the, think that is what it is. The majority of, if not, it's the wrapper. But no, I th- yeah, no, I think, I think it all it's is. Wrapper, binder, filler. It might all, all. I think all of it is actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I know Nick had said like you know they had been working on this for a long time. You know they were growing that tobacco um, for a while. And I think he said they 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 were working on this for quite some time and working on it, perfecting it, getting it right. And it's sh- it's just it just shows. I mean, when you when you cut it and you light it and you smoke it, I mean, you're like, oh, for fifteen bucks or whatever it is. I can't remember. It might be a little bit less than that. But dude, if you if you took the band off and gave it to me, I'd be like, this is an ultra premium cigar. That's mm-hmm. probably high in price. Absolutely. I mean, Nick had Nick had a plan when that cigar was being developed, and they knew that the 30th anniversary needed to be something extra special. And again, like I've said about some other blends tonight, mission accomplished. Definitely hit it with that. Yeah. So I mean, for me, it's early. Oh, excuse me. It's only January, but yeah. I can't wait to do a deep dive and do a review on this. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun, but I I think it's early on making a making a prediction. Those are gonna be on the list. There's gonna be more than one Perdomo thirtieth on the list. That's that's my early guess. The other one that I really like that didn't make the cutoff for this year, but I think is a contender for twenty four, is the Hoya de Nicaragua Cinco de Cinco, um, which we saw at the trade show, but it wasn't released until later in the year. Um, I know I've smoked it, Kevin. I th- I think you you think you have those cigars. I've um, yeah I've smoked 
I've smoked one. I didn't get one at the trade show, but I got them right after they landed. That cigar is a is a standout for me right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really enjoying that cigar. It's performing well. It's very complex. It's got some good body to it. That's that's going to be another one for me. And I yeah, expect. I'm excited to try that. I think I and I wouldn't be shocked to see that one also towards the top of our list in 24. Um, it's just, again, I mean, a lot of that stuff that, especially their, their Obus Maestris line, um, in my opinion, some of the best cigars that are on the market today, period. I mean, they do, Hoya does a great job with their, with their stuff and, and, and what they've been working on. I mean, look at like the Numero Uno is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, Another Connecticut. I love that cigar. I I really do. Anytime I find them, I grab them because they're not they're not they're not always widely available. So when I see them, I grab them. And they're not inexpensive either, but that's no. another cigar that's that that's another cigar that's a hundred percent worth the price you pay for it. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. So you know, for, for me, it's um, those are two major standouts already and it's early so there's there's a lot more that has to be done but there's also one i know the two of you haven't smoked it yet um but you will soon i'll I'll make sure i get them to you um that there was a lot of hype around and i i got them as soon as they were available and i smoked i want to say two of them and I don't think it's going to make the list at all. And I'm a little disappointed by it because I'm not sure why or what it is, but it just it, – it, it's a letdown for me. Um, and that's going to be the new Alfonso, the Grand Selection. As many people know, our 2022 Cigar of the Year was the Alfonso Inejo number 4, which was the first of the Inejo brand to be released, and that got our Cigar of the Year. That cigar was fantastic. It was lights out. Um, you know, it was number, it was uh, cigar, um, sorry, it was half wheels. The number three size was half wheels number one last year. We'd had the number four. Uh, Coop put, I think, the number two at his number two cigar of the year this year. I mean, that cigar performed top of the list almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think yep. Dojo gave it their luxury cigar of the year last year. They um, did. That cigar performed top of the list almost everywhere. What I will tell you is the Grand Selection came out, and I'm like, okay, the follow-up. Okay, let's see. (sighs) Unfortunately, and I'm not going to bash the cigar because at the end of the day, it's still well-made. You know, it comes from Nelson Alfonso, and, you know, the amount of time and the effort he puts in, I won't take that away from him. Construction-wise, it was great. The only thing I don't like about it is the flavor profile. The flavor profile is extremely heavy. Um just one dimensional all the way through black licorice and just the more i smoke it the more i'm like this this is just it's too much it's 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 too much um it it doesn't have enough balance to it it's overpowering and for me, I was disappointed because I'm like, well, the first I'll, you know, and that question goes to show just because, you know, one cigar from a line or a brand, you know, is lights out, wins cigar of the year. And then you come with the next one, you're like, all right, so like this is probably going to be good too, or at least close. 
I mean, though, I, t- in my opinion, those cigars are miles apart from each other. Um, and I know the two of you really can't comment on it yet. And it, they only just came out, and, the, and they're not available everywhere, so I know it's tricky. But, man, I'll tell you, I'm, I was disappointed by that cigar. I, 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 just, I don't know. I didn't. I was hoping it wouldn't be what it is. Um, and I, I, I don't think we're going to see that one on the list this year, which is disappointing. But that's just the way she goes. Um, you know, based on our conversations with that cigar, though, Matt, I'm going to be real interested. Number one, I want to smoke one sooner than later, mm-hmm. and I would like to smoke one in about six months just to see if aging has any effect on that black licorice profile if it mellows it out at all. And that's true too. I mean, they could age, they out, could yeah. they could change with age, but out of the gate so far, the first few I've had, oof. Because just in our initial conversations and the way that you've described it, it seems like a cigar that if it sits for a few months, that it's going to age into pure fire. Hopefully. I mean, myself personally, I like the black licorice, but if it's heavy black licorice and that's all there is, I can totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of the experience I've had through the first two. Um, I know that I saw, we haven't reviewed it yet, but we, we will be reviewing it. Um, I know that I saw someone else. I think it was Charlie Minato who reviewed it, and it didn't score pretty high. Um, and I think for a lot of the same reasons. And yeah, it's and he's. I think he. I've smoked the like the Toro and the Torpedo. He's he. I think he reviewed it on the Lancero that they have. Um, so for me, which I still want to smoke that size, because. I'd love to I think what's happening is I think a lot of that flavor is coming from the wrapper. Now, that wrapper tobacco along with the wrapper tobacco from um the extra añejo and the Byron 1850, those all three of those cigars were among uh the first that Nelson started to introduce French oak into the aging process along with the cedar. So I think you're getting a lot of the flavor from that. It's the only thing I can really think of. So I'm very curious to smoke it in the Lancero to see if it's just much more amplified. Um, Because that'll probably give me my answer. Um, It should be. Yeah, of course it should. But, you know, to be be sure, I I still want to smoke that that thinner ring gauge. But I'm almost positive that's what it is. And it's funny because... The, the extra Añejo is a, is a milder blend. The Grand Selection is a stronger blend. So I think it hides well in the in the extra Añejo. And just whatever it is, I mean, I don't have to really defend. I mean, we gave it Cigar of the Year. We loved it. It was great. Um, but in the Grand Selection blend, just very, very different. I don't feel it hit as well. And to be honest with you, I kind of felt the same way with the Byron 1850, which also has a slightly darker wrapper to it. And I just feel like... With not a lot to go on, but I'll say it. The darker wrapper, I don't know. Maybe it so far to me it doesn't really age well with that, that French oak. But in the lighter wrapper on the extra Añejo, different story. I mean it it was it was lights out. Um so that's my disappointment, I guess, for, for twenty twenty four so far is is that Alfonso Grand Selection. But to Kevin's point with age, I'd love to see what happens. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say within the same brand, I'm, I'm, you know, I've mentioned it multiple times, but I'm 
I'm gonna very interested to try that of a black. I know it's pretty limited, mm -hmm. but uh, that's true. Um, I, I wonder. I I think he. I don't remember. I don't know if he's doing the French joke with that one, but I know it is. I don't a think he is. Much. I know it's a much darker rapper. Um, and again, Adebe, I've mentioned multiple times, being uh, a cigar I, I hold up highly. Um, uh, I'm going to try not to go in with too much expectation because that can always, not always, but that can sometimes uh, ruin an experience. I, I'll just try to go into it thinking, you know, who knows what I'm going to get. And I, I hope mm -hmm. that I hope that will uh, will maybe form a little better for us. Now, in terms of stuff that each of you are excited to see or anticipate to see from manufacturers at the trade show, it could be a cigar or whatever. Um, is there anything that you guys – now, I know it's still early, so I know a lot of them haven't really announced what they're bringing to the show. Um, but, you know, you, you, you have conversations with them, maybe you have an inkling or whatever. Uh, is there anything at this point in time that both of you – Kevin, I'll start with you, and then Mitchell, you can follow up – that – you're expecting to see or excited to see or, or hoping to see at the trade show coming up in, in the next few months. That was actually the thing I was actually starting to say, you know, kind of leading into where you said you're a little bit disappointed in the, the, um, <clears throat> the Alfonso. My, my curiosity leading in the PCA is, is it going to be another year of, disappointments and hype cigars because there really hasn't been a whole bunch of chatter as far as what's going to be there what's going to be released i know you know, talking to some of the manufacturers and some of the reps that the releases are going to kind of follow suit with release time it's it's even though the trade shows you know the trade shows earlier so we're going to maybe see releases landing a little bit earlier and whatnot so you may actually get to try things earlier in the year than you would normally get my thing is going to be, you know, we we talked about earlier in the show this year, there was a lot of the hype cigars that were just, they didn't hit the notes that they were expected to hit. There was a little bit of disappointment. I want to see if that follows suit this year or if we have a change and the hype cigars actually hit the hype that they're supposed to hit and they're good as we would expect them to be. The other thing that too that I'm I'm curious about and skeptical over, just to to add to that point, and then Mitchell, I'm gonna I'll let you kind of go in, but is that quick turnaround time? I think there's some manufacturers who were prepared for it, and I think there's some manufacturers that it's it's caused a little bit. I don't want to say of a um a problem, but I I think that there's some manufacturers that just they probably are just not on that calendar cycle yet. And you know, are feeling it's a little, it's not not too soon, but I don't think that they are able to to have anything really exciting in time for that trade show. I think after the other year, you know, it'll it'll even itself mm -hmm. out. But but yeah, I mean, I think you're definitely going to see some manufacturers that are surprisingly quiet at the trade show, and I think that's going to be a contributing factor, um, which will be disappointing. I expect to see that. But then I think you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of brands that are business as usual. We got two new things, um, and it's tricky because they're all different. They all do different things. Especially you know some are bigger than others. They have more capabilities. They already have stuff that, you know, that's already been being worked on that they can just kind of throw into the fire. Um, 
So I think that's going to have an impact on you kind of, what you said too, like hype cigars that end up being a disappointment. I think you might you might see some more of that uh, given that timetable of the you know the turnaround with the the next show being less than a year. Um, but you know, again, it, time will tell and. They've been quiet so far, but I know we got a couple of announcements for PCA 24, but nothing major. Um, you'll probably start seeing those in the next several weeks, just, you know, what everyone is planning to do. Um, but Mitchell, what are your thoughts on the upcoming trade show? So, uh, I think it's, it's a, it's a smaller brand and it's, it's a cigar. We've kind of been, they, they announced, but hasn't, haven't released yet. And I'm, I'm interested. I think it's going to close out one of their series is, is protocol protocol cigars um i've liked a couple of their releases they've done in the past and i think th- i think it was the phoebe cousins is the release we're waiting on or maybe they did that i forget which one it is but it's i think it's a lawman series that we're waiting on that they had announced mm-hmm. but haven't released yet um waiting on that for sure uh, i hope protocol can pull it together and get that out for the trade show um that's one that i'm i'm looking forward to trying um although this is not a brand it is it is actually a factory and we've still yet to have any company come forward saying that they're making their cigars at this factory it's uh klaus kellner's new factory um we had him on the show last year and he talked and he he had mentioned he's um opening his own factory and uh unfortunately he couldn't uh publicly say who or what blends he's working on he did say he's doing nothing for himself and he's doing all uh outsourced things and it's up to those companies to uh to when they feel free or when they feel comfortable to say that they're working with that that and and come out with the release but i'm gonna i'm really interested to see if if anyone is um is going to be publicly announcing that they're making anything at uh the new Class calendar factory. I forget the exact name because his brother also has a factory called Boot. I think it's called the Kellner like, Boutique Factory. Kellner Boutique Cigar Factory, and his is called the Kellner Factory. It's it's a it's, it's slightly confusing, but um, I think that's another thing that I'm I'm interested to see uh, because uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 brand new and um, something we've been been looking forward towards. Uh, outside of that, like you said, hard to say for sure. No one's really made any um, major announcements. I think it's mm-hmm. the drone 60th is something we're expecting, but who knows if that will actually come out. You probably won't see uh, that for another two years. Yeah, so that's that's one where I'm like, maybe we'll see like a, a, like a box at the at the show, but will we actually see the cigar hit next year? I don't know. Um, and then another brand, you know, the brand I'm smoking today placencia i think they've kind of had a couple of just line extensions in the last few years and and nothing like absolutely like massive in terms of brand new brands um maybe this year they'll they'll come out with something new again that's just uh kind of what i'm possibly feeling out there those are probably the big three that i'm i'm looking for forward towards uh this show i think that class kellner's factory um has so far the only one I I've, I'm pretty sure I heard. I think he did some stuff for Brian and Pravada. If I if I remember correctly, I thought I heard either Brian say that's, it on a that's show. That's what I that's I heard the same. I thought I heard that, but other than that, I haven't heard anything else. But yeah. I I think 
the first thing I heard was he, he was doing some stuff for Pravada, which is interesting. I don't think that I, I don't know if that cigar has been released yet. I don't maybe it has. I, I don't know. I don't I don't follow a lot of stuff too clearly, but yeah, you're right. That is one that um they have publicly come out to say that they're gonna they're gonna work together. Um but yeah. With a family history of the Kellners, that's I mean, there's gonna be big things expected out of that factory, so Mm-hmm. <laughs> they've got them they've got their work cut out for them for sure yeah oh yeah but yeah it's uh like you said i i'm expecting you know february maybe to see some press releases and who knows maybe uh Probably you know february, obviously yeah. this is this is drew estate's first year back i don't i wonder if they're going to come out with a bang you know a new that's a good point of some sort like they've been doing the the uh the freestyle lives i think releasing cigars through those the, the past few years, which has been a really cool experience and a really, you know, great marketing ploy for them. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they're, they're back at the show and we know they like to be loud and uh, it'll be interesting to see if they have something brewing and uh, what it's going to be. Yeah, there's a freestyle coming up, I think, on the 18th of this month. So it's going to be interesting to see what they what they do and what the, the next great thing come out of the Drew, you know, from Drew Estate. Yeah. I, I, it's funny, you know, Mitchell brings that up. That's a good point is, um, I anticipate you see some new shit from them, um, mm-hmm. at PCA and that first freestyle, Kevin, that you mentioned, I was just about to mention that too. Um, when's that start? The 18th? That the said? 18th. So is that Monday? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. depending on how long that runs and all that, um, that cigar, whatever the, that cigar ends up being, that could be like one of the cigars that they, you know, They'll reveal, but they probably will wait to bring to the trade show. My guess, my guess to like you know, you know, launch it to the retailers there, um, as well as maybe something else that's not released through Freestyle Live that they bring to the show. Not sure, um, but that that's my guess. I they're not going to come empty-handed one way or the other, um, especially after last year we saw them cut over a hundred SKUs from their portfolio. Uh, making room for new stuff. I mean, that's what that tells me. Get, if it's not selling, not performing, you know, let, let's cut the weight, but let's make some room so for, for for new and fresh ideas. So yeah, I think I think you know to that point, they they they'll probably bring some noise to the trade show. Also, yep. could be said for Forged and Altadas USA, who were both at the trade show last year. Smaller booths than before. I also think that some of those decisions were made, I don't want to say too last minute, but probably not in enough time to, to have something that they brought to the show that was really like for that show or whatever. So I think you probably see some some, some big debut stuff from them at so the trade show. On, on the Forge note, again, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but from what I heard, I don't know who I heard this from, it's just lingering in the back of my head somewhere, is that uh, they're they're planning to do one year as forged as the main showcase and then i think this year as uh general like because they own technically separate brands those two they're operated individually yeah i think what i heard is general is going to come this year as the main showcase and their brands i think forged may have a small footprint there because you know they've got some big names within there but i think they're going to be more of the background whereas general is going to be at the foreground i don't know for sure that's just what i've uh kind of heard through the grapevine i I don't actually remember where i heard that from but uh but yeah but even still with that i would expect general 
uh, and some of their brands to maybe have some big releases as well as, like you mentioned, Altadis. And as of right now, I'll just I'm gonna throw this in here. Uh, also, Nicole had mentioned TPE is coming up at the end of the month, um, and we'll be doing some coverage from TPE as well. Um, much quieter show. I anticipate it being probably even quieter on the premium cigar side because of PCA being when it is this year. Um, mm -hmm. So that's going to be very interesting. I don't think you're going to see a lot of stuff there. I think everyone's still saving their their ammo for PCA. Yeah. Um, Everybody's going to hold the big guns for the PCA for yeah, sure. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Especially last year in Vegas. This is last year in Vegas. Go go up big, man. Yep. And um, I'm curious, too, to see if the PCA, if people hold, if the brands hold their PCA releases until, because TP is to the end of this month. So I'm going to be curious to see if the brands hold their TPE releases. I'm sorry, their PCA releases until after TPE. Oh, like their announcements? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's a good point, too. That is a very good point. Um, I think to Mitch's point, February is going to be a very busy month, um, you know, with that pre-show stuff that happens. Um, but one of the things I did want to add, though, as of right now, and I have not spoken to anyone at Davidoff uh, if there's any update on this, but I would say a decision would be made and announced in the next 40 days um, if they're going to return. But as of right now, they are not publicly announced that they are on part of return to the PCA trade show. So this year will be only three of those four big companies, um, which I think is great. Still, regardless to have at least, you know at least most of them back, I think it's good for everybody. But uh, Davidoff will still only be the only one that will not be at the trade show this year. Um, and again, like I said, that could change. But I um, well, I we do want to make a correction on a previous comment I made too. It's like I actually just went into the Drew Estate Freestyle Live website and they're next freestyle live is actually 30 days 22 hours and 11 minutes from right now that's when so the that reveal puts, is that puts it that puts it that puts the next freestyle live event into the mid-february or that that's when it starts or that's when that will be revealed that's when it'll be revealed that's the next freestyle live release okay. so it's possible no because that would be after tpe yeah mm -hmm. so i think that cigar whatever that cigar is you might see them reveal but then they could wait till PCA to actually like let it out of the gate. I could be wrong. Uh, maybe soft, soft launch, maybe. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I mean, I like you guys were saying too. I think Drew Estate at the trade show this year is going to make some noise. Uh, not just physically in the booth, because I think that for sure is going to happen too. Um, if anyone you know knows what that's like at a trade show. Um, but no, product-wise too, I think yeah, I think they make they make a good amount of noise. Um, I'm also curious to see if Hoya, because Hoya was at the show without them in 2023, which was interesting. Uh, now all the Drew Estate sales reps were there taking orders, um, but I'm curious to see if they kind of go back to a combined booth space or if they're going to still stay separate, which um, yeah. would be interesting to see. I see them being separate. I think so too. I think Hoya deserves their own booth. I, I I think I see them being separate too. Um, I think they made that clear by 
you know, coming solo at 2023, and I think they're going to try to keep it that way. Um, and again, I and I think that um, I think it's a good move for them. And I I also don't see I don't see them releasing anything else too big. Uh, I think they had a great show in 2023, and I don't see them coming out with a lot of new stuff for PCA. I think it's going to be kind of business as usual for Hoya. Um, but again, I could be wrong. It's still early. Um, I know Steve will probably be talking up the town on at <laughs> least uh, on at least th- this. All right, this is what we kn- this is what just how we know Steve to be. This is my guess for a Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust for PCA 2024. For starters, to make it easy, we'll see Holiday Blend Y 2024 for Stillwell Star. Mm-hmm. Let's get that out there. We know that's coming. Third size of Mikay Rita Black. I know that Steve had previously mentioned that he wanted to, or he was working on a handful of sizes in that, um, considering how this one has also continued to carry the torch and performing well. I would not be shocked if it was a third size introduced in Mikay Rita Black. Um, Will we see a new unicorn? Possibly a new unicorn. He had two last year. I, we're talking about Steve that doesn't, mean he can't, that doesn't mean he can't have one this year That's right Yeah, I know <laughs> um, Sorry, I lost my train of thought Oh yeah So those are my early, light, soft, educated guest predictions With DTT I mean, I know Steve's going to bring at least a couple of things There's no way he shows up empty-handed um, Probably not going to see anything new from Ashton they came out with, which was on our list, um, the La Roma de Cuba, Connecticut, which um, landed at the number 19 slot. Ashton is one of those companies that doesn't release something every year. Um, the fact that they released that in 2023, I'm going to make a stab and say that they're probably not going to bring anything new to 2024. Um, Arturo Fuente, you never know. You never know what they're doing at the trade show. They'll have something. They'll have something there one one way or the other. Um, J.C. Newman. I don't know. I'm going to be curious to see if Crown Heads follows up Lavareda with something somewhere. That was going to be my next one, Crown Heads. If, if they do anything, I see them doing possibly something new with Osdener and then maybe one, one follow-up on the crown heads half for, you know, like to the Lavareda. I see that happening. Uh, not a lot from them, but something. <sighs> I'm trying to think of who else. Um, Pete, sorry. My father. Well, the thing with them is, and if you guys remember, we did see that La Union, or La Union, whatever, I don't know if it's, yep. Yep. Uh, we saw that in the My Father booth. Um, Pete's wife, Yanni Garcia, she talked to us about everything that they had. She, she talked about it. She pointed out to us. Um, I don't think they were, they weren't taking orders of that cigar at that time. I think that'll be available for order at the 24 show coming up. Uh, I'm, I, I'm almost positive. So I think you're going to definitely see that. Um, Pete will probably have a couple of things. 
Um, I don't know if he's going to continue with his releases in the Tuxla, doing some different stuff in Tuxla, but uh, maybe one one of those. I think we'll have a, more of a follow-up on the other Tatuaje 20th anniversary. Um, we'll probably we'll probably have some more information on that at the show. But in terms of of those two, yeah, I mean, I, I there's probably a couple things there. I think that La Union thing is probably going to be the big thing, because I think for 24, I think it's going to be probably released uh, unless there's any delays or any drawbacks to that. So I think, and I and I think that's going to be a big deal. It's a special. Pro it's very similar, like the Fuente Padrone thing. You know, you know, Pete blended something for for them, and vice vice versa. So, um, although there's four different cigars, because I think they each did two, if I remember correctly. So, a little bit different, but kind of same idea. I think you're going to probably see that available at the trade show. Um, Ferry Otego, I'd be curious to see if Michael adds something. Uh, else to the Ferry Otego brand uh, to go up with Suma. Um, yeah. If he didn't, I wouldn't be shocked. But if he did, I wouldn't be shocked. Kind of, and that one can kind of go either way for me. Um, those are kind of the ones that stick out to me the most, just right off the top of my head. And my brain's a little foggy, so. Um, <laughs> and Nicole, <laughs> Nicole commented here. He had such a killer year last year. Can he repeat it? <sighs> I think she's talking about Steve Saka. Yeah. If anyone can do it, it's Steve. He always finds a way. He I always mean, finds a way. You think, when you think he can't do something better than what he already has, he finds a way. Of course, if you talk to Steve, you know, oh, it's shit, it sucks. You know, don't ever <laughs> smoke them in Colorado because they're terrible at altitude and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But those of us that know Steve know that that's just his M.O. And I think that actually probably – does more to generate positive business than saying that they're great. Yeah, Steve does the reverse psychology method where he's like, eh, my cigars are okay. I do my best, but <laughs> at the end of the day, they're not for everybody. You know, they're all right. I think they kind of suck. I, you know, and then everyone goes and buys them all. And he's like, well, I mean, I guess people like them. <laughs> it's like, come on, Steve. <laughs> like, what do you think? We're stupid. Like, um, he's going to have a banger year. I mean, it, yeah, and I think, you know, Steve, I think he made the joke like this year, like, I'm going to have to come out with cigars that actually suck just so I can stop finally being the talk of the town and winning the consensus. And it's just like, well, that's never going to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, everybody, I mean, everyone, I don't again, I mean, somebody's going to have an off year. But I don't see next year as being an off year for Steve. That that company is just growing leaps and bounds, is just blowing up rapidly, huge. rapidly. I think because of how successful he's been the last several years in a row. Um, you know, Nicole said DTT has been released. Will it be a more quiet year? I, I I think it can't be. I think you know to keep up the the momentum that he's on. I think he has to bring new stuff. I don't think he can just say, well, you know, we're just going to stay. I, I think he's going to – maybe he won't – I mean, he – you know, she's right. He had a lot of releases. I don't think he'll have probably the same amount of releases he had in 23, but more than one at least. Yeah, more than one. More I mean, it one. gets to a point where it's not sustainable to come out like that. True. I don't think he's there yet. No. But you, he's getting to that point where you're going to have that one year where it's just kind of just like that even keel year where you don't really – you know, you don't really do anything, and you just kind of ride on what you built. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's safe to say he, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you have to think he's also going to have the follow. He's going to have the next Moestra de Saka. He's going to have the holiday, the Y 2024 Stillwell star. He's going to have most likely a third size in Mike Rita Black. He, I don't see him doing anything with Red Meat Lovers Club. He'll Even probably the Stillwell Star Line. I mean, do you have so many aromatic tobaccos out there? You know, is there a new line in the Stillwell line and the as a core line for the Stillwell Star Line? That's a good point too, Kevin. That's a good point too. He's only yeah, had the same the... original four for the last two years. The other thing I've been wondering is he discontinued Todos Las Dias. So will and that was I think that was a, what a Habano wrapper. Um besides besides the Solita, which I think is a Habano wrapper, he doesn't really have a have that kind of like Habano offering. You know, he's got the San Andreas the Sin Compromiso San Andreas, he's got the he's got the uh broadleaf, you know, Mikarita's huge line broadleaf. He's got the brulee line now with, you know, Wagashi blue and, and brulee. Uh, he, he doesn't really have that that really solid Habano anymore. Um, you know, does he try to fill in the gap there? Because really, any other offerings, like if he's going lighter wrapper, he's kind of eating into what Brulee has. If he's going darker again, Mikarita holds that position. Uh, he kind of like, uh, you know, not saying he doesn't have medium bodied cigars, but he really doesn't have that upfront kind of forefronted Habano brand anymore with that Totos kind of held. So, uh, yeah. I mean, and, you know, not, not going to lie, that was actually probably my least favorite of the Saka line, too, or the Dumbarton. Well, not you know, I'm sure he... Well, so. I'm, I'm sure if you look at the numbers, he, he probably pulled it out for a cert, certain reason, right? Like, you know, in terms of production-wise, he prob- it was probably not at the top of the list, and he was like, you know, I maybe need to go back to the drawing board, reblend some things, and maybe even rebrand some things. Like the name Todos mm-hmm. Las Dias, like, I don't know, it, it, it didn't really resonate with anything. The whole packaging, it was it was very, yeah, I, I think it wasn't necessarily a total miss, but uh, he just has such high up or echelon stuff. And, you know, there's some amazing offerings that he does with Habano wrapper in his... Um, in his Muestra de Saka line. So, you know, he can blend amazing Havana, but, uh, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's so the only... you see a line extension. Do you see a line extension in the Mikarita with a Habana wrapper? I hope that's a not. good question I hope, too. I, I hope he keeps that brand because everything in Mikarita is, is broadleaf. I hope he just keeps that as broadleaf and doesn't, I, I hope he just comes out with a whole new brand. If he's going to, come out with mm-hmm. some Habano, but well, you know, I have to say, you know, it's the genius. I'm not the genius. So, you know, what's <laughs> funny when it comes to the Mike Rita line, I, 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 I wasn't the one to say this, but it's been said to me by several other people, you know, you, you look at that line and you see a lot of similarities to Liga Bravada. Now, mm-hmm. let's pretend that is true. And like at least in his, at least in Steve's head, right? Or maybe you know whether he was going for that or. If you look at the Liga Provada line, it's all pretty much fuller-bodied stuff. There's there's no Connecticut shade. There's no real mild stuff. I mean, I'd say the mildest cigar in the Liga collection is probably the H99. Um, if you had to ask me, um, but even then, it's not a mild cigar. 
Um, I don't. I, I see him kind of keeping it, you know, all full stuff um, or yeah. you know, medium plus full. Um, you know, I don't. I don't. I, I think yeah. I think he. I think he kind of keeps that the same, kind of similar to like how how that line is. I could be wrong. Um, I also remember early in the year that Total Slash DS came up in the conversation when he was on the show a few months ago. And I remember him saying, like, yeah, like, you know, people ask about Total Slash DS, but, like, you know, I don't I don't have plans on bringing it back right now. There's a lot of tobaccos that are in that that I need for other stuff that's kind of yeah. more important. So um, that's also a contributing factor, too, that you have to take into consideration is, you know, he had he had those before, but he stopped them, you know, for, for those reasons and, and a few others. But I know that they were a contributing factor. So, yeah, I mean. The other question you have to ask yourself is, you know, how many different tobaccos is Steve willing to work with? And then that kind of minimizes, you know, if, if none really, it kind of minimizes the, the amount of options he has. I mean, granted, there's there's still some things he can do. And, and you know, everything I mentioned that I, I'm almost positive I think we'll see, um, you know, he's going to keep making. But something kind of new out of left field, I don't know if I see that. That's just my opinion. Well, it'd be interesting for me with – with Dunbarton because <clears throat> he does the uh, experimental blends for the great smoke every year. Could one of those evidently, or at some point become an actual release for Steve or some iteration of one of those experimental blends that he does. Could be. Cause those it's are possible. all, those are all, those are all together different from anything else he's done. So yeah, this is true. So true. Yeah, I don't know. And I think his I think his twenty twenty four Great Smoke release has already gone out. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that was like last week. It's, so it's already it's already sold out. It's already sold out. Um, Done. It's it's always the first one, and it's always gone right away. No surprise. Um, but yeah, I mean it's still early, so it's it's hard to say too much about the trade show and what we anticipate to see. I mean I think we're we're getting to the point where you know we got to start making some predictions here, and then seeing how it shakes out, but. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah, we, we still have a little bit of time left. Um, I think it's going to be a good show. Uh, more people are back again this year. I think it's so. I think it's going to be a busier show than last year. Um, but you know, time will tell what what, what we're actually going to see there, and and uh, then from there, you know, we'll, we'll make some more predictions and then wait for them to come out, smoke them, and then we'll be talking about the list again. You know, twelve months from now. So, um, you know. I think, uh, like I said, to to wrap up the 2023 year, you know, Kevin, <clears throat> we and you talked a lot about this was not a disappointing year, but there was a lot of stuff that did not live up to the hype. But there was still enough stuff that we put a good list together. But yeah, if you, I think, you know, we talked about this 12 months ago. Uh, maybe not 12, but maybe you know, six months ago, it would be like, oh, okay, yeah, like there's there's some good shots here, but no. No, there's a lot of stuff that fell flat, and I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I've been in media now for going on five years, and this was definitely the hardest top 25 list that I've had to help put together. So, Yep. Yep. This is the hardest one we've I'm, ever done. I'm hoping next year is uh, a little bit easier. I, th- I, th- I think it will be, but time will tell. We'll see what comes out. Um, but, guys, I think I'm going to end the show there. We, um, we hit our two-hour mark, and... This is kind of you know what I wanted to focus on for tonight. So um, I have one question before you end the show. Oh, absolutely. What the hell 
was your former championship football team thinking when they hired their new head coach? <laughs> I mean, you've got Vrabel out there, and they end up with what they end up with. Here's the thing. I mean, I'm just, I, I, I'm saying. I mean, I mean, my football team got blown out today. They're out of the playoffs for this year. I was but... shocked by that too, actually. Yeah, they had a lot of momentum. Um, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I do agree. I think Mike uh, Vrabel would have been a better choice. He would have been the ultimate choice for that team. And I I heard a rumor online. It was like an unconfirmed rumor from ESPN or someone that the Kraft family didn't even reach out to him or Jim Harbaugh. I didn't expect Jim Harbaugh to get the job. No. I think he's going back to the NFL, but I don't expect them to call him. Although, (laughs) that would have been cool, but I didn't expect them to go after him. Um, but to hear that they didn't even really talk to Vrabel, I'm like, that's surprising. That almost sounds like something that the Browns upper management would do or not do. Look, I mean, officially it's all over. Brady's gone. Now Belichick's gone. That whole thing, it's all gone. Matthew Slater is probably going to retire. That's the last of the Super Bowl teams. Um, it's all new people. So I'll, be, so I'll be collecting Social Security the next time that uh, the Patriots are going to be a contender. Is that what you're saying? <sighs> you never know. Hey, it happened to the Cowboys. They, you know, they went on their run. I mean, they didn't have the run we had, but you know, they 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 had their period and under Jerry Jones, and then. They just stopped. And you know what? You can't always be the winner forever. I mean, not everyone's going to be, even the Yankees. I mean, during the Steinbrenner years, I mean, and even before, I mean, the Yankees were, I mean, in every decade, they had a couple of championships at least. And then you get to the 90s, and that was kind of the end of, like, the Yankee dynasty. They entered the 2000s. You know they they've lost they lost every World Series they played in after the '99 World Series and they won one in 2009 and then again nothing after. Um, I mean, I mean it, it comes to an end eventually. You know it's the Chicago Bulls. You know the two back to back three peats with Jordan and Pippen, Rodman. Um, arguably some of the best players in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the Bulls haven't done anything notable since. You know, it it, it it all comes to an end eventually. And, yeah, I mean, look, the Patriots, we had a great run. We had 20 years, six championships. Um, you just got to be thankful for that. I mean, how greedy can you be? Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. How greedy can you be, you know? Yeah, Gerard Mayo. Very greedy. Interesting choice. We'll see how it goes, but it is what it is. We got six championships, and 
you can't be too picky. That's it. You had Tom Brady, so. We did. And we had Bill Belichick. But, yeah, we had Tom Brady. And, um. Well, the Browns had Belichick and Harbaugh and couldn't win. Or not Harbaugh. Saban. um, Saban and couldn't win. Yeah. I don't know. To answer your question, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe they, maybe they, maybe they think or they feel something that doesn't make sense to us. I don't know. Well, but, they get paid a lot more money than we do to make those decisions, so they obviously they know something. That and, the, we and you don't. know what? And you know what? And the crafts <laughs> and the crafts own the team, so they can do whatever the fuck they want. They don't have to answer to us. Amen, um, amen to that. But you know, I mean, they all rise so and fall. So where's Belichick in the land so he can get Shula's record? <sighs> I've heard so many different. I've, I've heard the the big ones. I've heard like consistently. Chargers, Atlanta, and Washington Commanders. I've also heard that the Commanders are very interested in Jim Harbaugh, bringing him back to mm-hmm. NFL. I, I heard that. I heard that as well. So, I think it would send a better chance going to the Chargers of anywhere to get the sixteen that he needs. And and to be honest with you, I don't think you know he's got. Can he still win another Super Bowl? Absolutely. If he goes to the right place, he mm-hmm. does the right thing. Absolutely, no question. There's no question. I think the situation with New England. I think he knew. It was coming to an end. You know, Brady left. I think that was step one. Uh, whether he wanted him to leave or not, some people say he, you know, he wanted Brady out. Um, I don't know. We might never know. We might know someday. Um, but, you know, I, I think he knew, you know, and I, and I think, you know, you lose the drive. You lose the motivation. I think when he saw how he think he I think he did struggle without Brady and it you know there's a lot of things that I don't know but I think he knew now I definitely think he's not retiring I definitely think he goes somewhere else I don't think he's out there looking for another Super Bowl championship I think I mean you always want to win another one and I think that's always going to be the drive you know like hey our plans to win a Super Bowl this year that should, that should be the goal but I think personally for him I don't think it's about winning another Super Bowl he's already won so many of them I think it is. I think you're right. I think it's about Shula's record for him. I think he mm-hmm. just he's got everything else. And I think he wants to at least say that on top of all of that, he's also the most winningest coach. And I think if he gets that, I think I mean he's 71 years old. I think once he gets that, I think he'll step back and look at where he is. If he feels like he's still with a team that's a major contender, he'll keep going. But I think if he gets that record and he wins one more Super Bowl, I think hey, I, I'm done. Well, then um, he can retire as the goat, just like Brady. Yeah, I, I think, and I think that's all he wants. I think he wants Shula's record. He's got 16 wins to go. You know, could easily be done in one and a half seasons, or I mean, technically one if he pulled an with the right again. Te- with yeah, with the right team. But. Yeah, I would say if he ha- if he if he goes somewhere and things are right and he's got like a nice you know playoff contending team, talking like one season and a half, and he's got it. So I think he's and he, look he's been around a long time. I think he's going to be very careful about where he goes. I mean I'm sure there's a lot of teams that want him. Um, 
but I'm sure he's also going to be very picky about where he goes, and I think he's going to try to pick the right team that's going to have the most chance that's, you know, looking for a head coach. Absolutely. And, I, yeah, I mean, I think he has a good chance. I think he has a good chance of getting what he wants. He just has to make sure that he goes through this process the right way. Um, question is, does he also look for a team that gives him full control like he had in New England? Uh, is that a deal breaker for him? Does he want that that dual head coach GM role? Does he not care about that as much and he'll be okay with being just a coach if, if he goes to a team that has a good GM? I don't know. I don't know. It, it, that's I a think, little hard to I say. I think the dual role is the only way he gets it. That might be true too, though. That way he can build the team the way he wants to. I mean, because if you look at the way he's built those teams over the years, yeah, that, that was kind of a big part of – I mean, he would mm-hmm. take wide receivers and, and, and other players that no one knew and be like, who the fuck is that guy? And he would turn them into superstars. <laughs> no, it's true, though. He, 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 he oh, would. Yeah, 100% true. I mean, he, he took he took nobodies and made them somebody um, because of just the, his coaching style and the way he builds the team and his strategy and, you know, all those things. Um, and that and that it's it's why he is who he is. So it's yep. true, too. You're right. I didn't think you, that, that you might have to. Um, to, to do it the way he wants. So, but time will tell. Yep. Yeah. Time will tell. Um, but anyway, that's going to be the show for this week. So guys, thank you for being here tonight with us. Thanks for watching. Um, I appreciate it. The team appreciate, appreciates it. Um, once again, congratulations to Davidoff cigar of the year, 2023 at smoking tobacco, uh, in number one. Um, if there's any still out there, which I'm sure there's still a little bit out there. It was a limited release, but I think there's still probably enough out there. Uh, get your hands on it. It's a fantastic cigar. Make sure you have some time to smoke it, but uh, it's a great cigar. Uh, Kevin and Mitchell, great to see you guys here. Um, you know, Mitchell, especially you. Absolutely. I know you don't really get to go on shows much as often right now, so um, awesome to have you here as well. And, um, you know, we'll see you guys on Wednesday night for another show. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good night. See you guys. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.